The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. much indeed and welcome along to episode 119 of the Boys of Tech for Tuesday 7th of June 2011. So let's see who's here this morning. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined first of all by Brett King. Welcome along Brett. G'day. And also joined by Alec Doughty stepping in for Cameron Collie. Welcome along Alec. Thanks for having me back. Oh, look, it's, when were you last on the show? It was a couple of episodes ago, I think? Yeah, I think it was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. So that'd be what, episode 116, I, I believe. Yes. Excellent. Oh, it's great to have you back. And in fact, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, you're effectively, if you like, taking Cameron's place, him not being here. But of course, you're uh, always welcome to the show any other time. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, remember, this week is also uh, WWDC 2011. I think we're expecting an announcement from Apple later on this week about iCloud.com. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. in fact. Yeah, tomorrow. Tuesday, of course, this part of the world is, is still only Monday in the States. Uh, so you're quite right, Alec. It, it is tomorrow. And so I guess we'll report on episode 120, our next episode, uh, what's been uh, announced there. Now, actually, <laughs> before we kick off the show, have either of you read the book Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim? No, I haven't read it. That was made into an animated film called The Secret of Nim. Indeed it was, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I own that movie. Oh, really? Now, I have read, this is, I'm not a reader, right? I read very, I've read very, very few books in my time. And in my teenage years, I probably can count on one hand the number of decent books, if you like, that I've read. When I say decent books, I mean other than little sort of five-year-old <laughs> you know, picture books, which I still like to read from time to time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your level of reading skills. Disney here. Golden Books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I, I guess I don't read them now anymore. But anyway, so. Uh, no, you'd read them this, more now. Well, actually, because now that I've, got, I've kids. got kids, exactly. Absolutely. You have to. You, ha- yeah. you have to. <laughs> so fortunately, you did enjoy them the first time round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, now, now I'm buying up all the ones that I. I didn't get to read. It's like, oh, I didn't, we didn't get to read that book. So, well, I've forgotten how this goes, so let's get this one out of the library. Let's buy this one. Now, anyway, going back to the Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, you're quite right, Brett. It was filmed as The Secret of Nim. They changed the plot quite a bit. It was uh, very loosely based on the book. The book is apparently 100 times better. Uh, I just bought a copy because, you know, I remember reading this when I was a, uh, probably either a teenager or, or maybe 10 or 11, and I just absolutely loved it, but I... I don't remember how it goes now. I mean, we're talking, what, 20 years on now? 25 years on? And I've forgotten how it goes. So I went down to the local secondhand bookstore here. We've got a great secondhand bookstore here called RDB's Books. Brett, I'm sure you know it. Yeah, yes, I I do. I was in it last week. Oh, there you go. Very popular bookstore. And I got myself a copy there for $7, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. And I read it in uh, two sittings, probably only, I don't know, two, two and a half hours each time. And there you go. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So it's a recommendation, is it? I would recommend it to any, even adults. It's just a fantastic little piece of 
literature. Literature, I guess, yeah. I was going to say, well, what kind of, how would you classify this? It's hard to say. Um, it's on sale, by the way. I just had a quick look as well. It's on sale on the iTunes store as an ebook, uh, only in UK, Germany, and France. So if you're in one of those countries, uh, £4.99 or €6.49. Euro. Uh-huh. But anyway, we'll put that to one side and we'll kick off the show this time with Sony back in the news again. Brett, they've been hacked again. Are you getting hacked off? No, Absolutely. it's not the game servers. Completely game unrelated to PlayStation. Yes. <laughs> but it's still Sony. Right yeah, here. No, okay, but it's still Sony. It's still the... Yeah, but, but it's Sony the pictures. same as... <laughs> yes, it's Sony Pictures and Sony Music. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the gamers. Remember, Sony is a lot bigger than just the PlayStation. Oh, they'd be making cars <laughs> before you know it. Well, true. Wouldn't Not put a pass on Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Alec? They make robots. They, they yes, do, they do, don't they? Yep. So this time, what's happened? Some web servers for Sony Pictures and Sony Music were hacked, and the group behind it, called Lulsec, has claimed that they've hacked them and have gathered like over a million users' personally identifying information, uh, including passwords and stuff. But they haven't posted it anywhere. They've posted snippets of it, but yeah, no as proof. None yeah. Of, yeah, as mm. proof. But none of the sites um, that have you know grabbed that have come back saying that it is unequivocally proof of a hack of these different sites. Well, I have heard though, Brett, that some people have tried some of these passwords, which were, by the way, stored in clear text. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried them on Facebook because a lot of people, you know, use the same password and that it worked for a lot of people. They managed to get into well, some Facebook accounts. Does that, mean that, does that mean that it was the Sony sites that were hacked or a Facebook that was hacked? And the things came off of a Facebook hack. Who knows? I've, got, um, I've seen I've, no I've, stories linked off it yet that confirm any of it. Well, I, I have heard that on the, the Sony blog they confirmed So I haven't verified that myself, though. So it's total conjecture. Why is Sony being targeted? Because it's a big company with fingers all over the place. It's miffed people for the things that it's done to the the PlayStation platform, you know, removing features and that sort of stuff. It's one of the on DRM. There's a whole bunch of issues that that have just riled up these hacker groups. Yeah, it's got its fingers in all the different media outlets, the different media formats, and it's done things in each of those different formats which have annoyed people. And so that's why they've been, you know, basically put up as the big bad. But but really, is, is this activism or is it vandalism? It's vandalism, and you can tell it's vandalism because all it's all they've done is they've gone, ha-ha, we've grabbed your stuff, and now we're showing people's private information on the There's, web because exactly. they're so There's right. no political message that they're trying to convey. Exactly. So what it's, are they even hoping to achieve? Is, is it just Embarrassment. Or e- embarrassing Sony. Right. Yeah. yeah. Lowering their stock price. Yeah. Maybe That's, they're going to buy up a whole heap of stock. To achieve. It, it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> we talked about it when we talked about Anonymous and the, the different things that they did. Maybe it's Napster getting stuff. its revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, well, you never know. <laughs> so, w- w- you know, we should keep an eye on this space because is there going to be more hacking against Sony in the future? Is this just the... I this- think we can almost guarantee it. Well, we can guarantee there's going to be hacking against everybody. Yeah. There but is, I, no I, way, as we said, there is absolutely no way to prevent your yeah. machine from being hacked. No, absolutely. But Except are they going to be targeting Sony specifically, uh, you know, concentrating on Sony? I think this group will be. I yeah. think this group will have up. another go. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's the only one involved at the moment. I think the real the real lesson here is not to use the same password over and over again on all the sites because I know <laughs> there, there, there's, there's so many bad bad uh, security practices used by sites out there storing passwords and stuff in plain text. And if any one of those gets hacked, if you mm-hmm. use that same password on all of your sites, you're asking for trouble. Oh, precisely, because people use the same username. Or yeah. attempt to use a yeah. similar username on or, all of the sites that they one, sign up to. One email address for exactly. all sites. Yeah. And if you use the same password for your email and for all of the sites that you've got in, you've got the same password for your internet banking, same password uh-huh. for your work, so same password many people for Facebook, do. then one, one failing in that entire chain of usage of that password and email. open your whole life. Exactly. And your entire life becomes bare and downloaded by somebody for 25 cents. Now, you can understand, though, why people are doing this because, you know, these days you've probably got 30, maybe 40-odd passwords to remember. It's not that hard to make a single password that you can remember and alter it in a way for each for each site where it's unique to that site, but still memorable, so yeah, you can still. remember it. Yeah, but you don't or, want to, you don't want to make it obvious. Or use something like like LastPass. I actually use LastPass. I remember one password. That's the LastPass password. It's all encrypted on your local machine. When it gets uploaded to like, like the LastPass cloud, it's all encrypted. They don't have access to your password, so they can't even op- crack it open for the the US government if they send a subpoena for for data. LastPass is awesome. Mm. Well, actually, one of the, I guess, underused pieces of software that comes with a Mac, and I don't know whether it's just me or, or and people I know, but it just seems that no one uses it uh, in this way, is the keychain. The keychain remembers all your passwords. It's kind of like your password repository, if you like. But you can actually go in there and look at it. Now, it is encrypted, and you have to enter like a master password to unencrypt and temporarily display it on the screen, uh, kind of like what you were saying, Alec, about uh, what was it called? Last pass. Last pass. Last hmm. pass. Yeah. Hmm. But th- that would be another way, I guess. But Brett, you were saying algorithmically you could create a password that you kind of uh, yeah, modify, but you don't want to make it obvious, right? If your password is Bob, you're not going to have like Bob eBay for eBay and then Bob Facebook for Facebook because the moment someone sees Bob Facebook when that when they've hacked Facebook, they'll go, "Oh, I see. He's just tacked on Facebook, so his eBay one will be Bob eBay." Yeah. Well, you change it. You have it different. You make it. Specifically interesting. So perhaps you are a fan of a series of books, and so you make a password out of some sort of combination of the title of the first book, and that's going to be for your first password, and then the title of the second book is your second password. And that way you've got maybe a half dozen different passwords that you can use for the half dozen different sites that you use. There is no excuse for not having a separate password for each site that you have to log into. At a minimum, I think, actually segregating the sites into these are my banking sites, these are my social media sites, these are my email sites, and having a password for each of those. If you're going to reuse passwords, don't cross-pollinate between banking and email. Absolutely. Precisely. Yeah, keep your security tiers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tier them because you, you're absolutely right. There's some low value stuff. There's some stuff uh, in the middle tier that's a little bit more sensitive. And then there's, of course, your highly sensitive stuff. And you're absolutely right. If if there is going to be any chance of finding out one and leading to another, you don't want that to be across tiers. 
And the absolute most secure password that you have should be the one on the email that you use for signing up to your different sites. And why Agreed. is that? Because once somebody has your email password and it's the email address that you use to sign up to sites to, all they need to do is go to those different sites, put in your email address and say, forgot password. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. it sends that reset thing to mm-hmm. that email address. That's okay, one loophole. It is a very so quick poll. always be your most, ex- most specific password. Let's do a very quick poll here. Most people, I'd, I'd hazard a guess that most people don't use a secure POP or secure IMAP uh, connection. They just leave the default unencrypted. So port 1110 for, for POP instead of port whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, 993 or whatever. So what about you you guys? Do you, are you guys using, you you popping mail? And if so, are you uh, using no. the secure? I use IMAP and secure IMAP and HTTPS if I'm going through a web browser. Yep. Did I? Okay, cool. Same as me. I well, actually, I use a secure connection, but I use Pop. But yeah, secure. Yeah. But yeah, you know, again, it's one of those things that uh, I think is is a little not so widely known. Windows eight. Let's talk about that because Windows Yay. eight is. <laughs> yeah, you're excited. I know. It's said to be the future OS from from Microsoft. It's supposed to be, if you like, one OS for tablets, mobiles, uh, portable devices, and of course, desktops. Mm-hmm. What do you think, uh, Alec? What what are your What's your take? First of all. I saw some footage of this and I was actually blown away. It looks awesome. Mm. It, it looks fantastic. It looks slick. It looks beautiful. It looks fast. They haven't increased the, uh, the performance specs on it. So any Windows 7 computer that can run Windows 7 today will be able to run Windows 8. Yep. That is really good, actually. That is, that is, uh, that's actually almost a first for Microsoft, I must say. I, I, I think it is a first. Yes. <laughs> well, we've had a massive slowdown in the rate of improvements to hardware over the past, well, you know, not four not or just five that, years. but because because this actually needs to go cross cross uh, platform now onto mm. ARM and down onto sort of a mobile class CPUs. Its performance need needs to uh, reflect that. Yep, I must admit it looks very nice. I've heard the One OS. A phrase being touted. The only thing I've got to say about that is, for goodness sake, make it one OS as in not one OS and 50 billion versions. I know, I know. It'll still be one OS and 50 billion versions. Do you think? Yeah, there'll still oh, be might. the starter edition, the professional edition, yeah, they, the premium edition. I might bring edition. it down to single figures this time, though. There'll be nine <laughs> editions. <laughs> yes, yes, instead of... <laughs> uh, that'd be uh, an improvement. Uh, I think I we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, how I, I said that they were basically bringing in what they had developed, the interface they developed for the Phone 7, Windows yep. Phone yep. 7, into yeah. Windows 7 to create the, the next generation Windows operating system. That's exactly what they've done. Absolutely. The, yeah, and as you said, it looks, be- it looks great. It looks absolutely stunning. It's got its sort of touchscreen tiled overlay, like a separate section, and underneath that you can flip to what looks kind of like a, a Windows 7 standard desktop below it. Well, and, and that's exactly what they're calling it. They're actually calling it the Windows 7 desktop mm. Now, well, some, so. of the, some of the criticism I've read is that this is not suitable for a desktop, uh, desktop computer. Well, what, it's what do you think? this overlay is designed specifically, well, it's, it's from Windows Phone 7. It's designed for touch, and it works brilliantly in touch. And 
the only thing we've seen so far and that anybody's seen so far is, you know, it's like an alpha release, an alpha state. And it's the touch interface is a little bit clunky for the mouse and keyboard sort of user. But um, a, but they'll one, they'll one refine of, that. They'll refine the way that it interacts with the the mouse and the keyboard because not everybody's going to have a touch screen. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that I think can actually be put down to performance because it is still only the alpha and it hasn't been tuned yet. Mm. And there will almost certainly be a way to disable that first tiled panel if you do not like that tiled panel as your first well they have to do that because enterprise is not going to install this overlay they're they're going to want the vanilla flavor precisely so they will absolutely allow you to basically switch off the default skin and allow you to go back to the 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 windows 7 standard yep Oh, they'll allow you to go back to the, the standard Windows Classic, the same way Windows yeah. 7 can be turned off. So you can turn Windows it XP. Exactly. You can make Yay. it look like XP. We all well, like the Windows XP. Well, no, it takes you back to Windows NT. Everything's square well, and grey, remember? Right, NT. <laughs> Windows Classic, as it is. True, true. Yeah. I'm in two minds. I think it's very, very nice, and I think it will work very well with mobile devices. I don't know. Again, just uh, I, you know, about the the tiled thing. Whether that's going to be great to have on a desktop, it may turn out to be so. And until I start using it, I guess I'll, I'll reserve my and, judgment. And a lot of well, it is designed around that touch that touch interface. And as you said, desktops don't have touch interface, so it's how they work with making it work with the desktop. Well, I've I've actually got a, a like a convertible laptop, which the screen flips around and it becomes a tablet. So I'll release onto my, my laptop as soon as it comes into beta and it's public release. Mm. Um, so I'll report back. That, that, that would be, be really yeah, yeah. good to hear about your experience with that. I must say that the only comment I was going to make there is that you, you've actually got one of those swivel things that, you know, the screen folds in back on itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen those for years. I went on a training course a couple of weeks ago and for the first time in – must be at least five years, five, six years. I, the train I had one of those. I, I saw one of those for the first time in five or six years. These things, I'm sure they don't make them anymore. Can you still get no, them? No, yeah. Yeah, I bought mine That's last year. Yeah. yeah. You can get netbooks which do the convertible. But you don't see them around anymore. No, you don't. You don't see them around that no, much. No, it's because they were bridging the gap between the tablet sort of usage and the laptop usage. But now that tablets have really come into their own, yeah, and yeah, the the paradigm has been redefined for tablet. Mm. No longer means what it used to mean. Yeah, that's true because they were called tablets when they tablet yeah, PCs. They were, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a tablet PC. You have to use a stylus with it, but oh, do you have to use a stylus on those? Well, you don't have to. It is capacitive. It's not an old school resistive, which is one good thing. But the the main complaint I have it when it's actually in tablet form is. When you're um, doing a, a try, trying to scroll a page or look at some text or read an article or anything, it automatically goes into text select mode rather than scrolling mode when you try and drag your finger across the page. Oh, now that would be annoying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, and that is what breaks the entire experience of tablets on Windows at the moment. Uh, you sure you've got the appropriate tablet set installed? Absolutely. Because if you've got the tablet, because I've got Windows 7 with tablet extensions on my netbook. Yeah. Because uh, I've got a touch screen on that and they work. They work fine. I mean, you can put it into <laughs> tablet mode, but there's like six applications available for it. 
<laughs> That's a little restrictive. Yeah. Okay, so. Twitter is going to launch its own photo sharing service. Does anyone here care? Does anyone here use Twitter? I know you don't, I Brett, but do. you do. I love Twitter. Twitter. Twitter is awesome. Oh, you can join Edwin. Yay! <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Twitterer, but not a Facebooker. And you're both, aren't you, Alec? Um, oh, yeah. And, and Brett's a, a Facebooker, but not, <laughs> Brett's a Facebooker, but not a Twitterer. So I guess you're kind of the, the union set. Of us both. Indeed. The bridge. <laughs> yeah, the bridge. So, why Frog? And what was the other one? Uh, Twitpig are the, yeah. I guess, the two most popular photo sharing services on Twitter, but the third party, they're not Twitter, not provided by Twitter itself. I, so you know, does I Twitter think, think it's going to make money off of this? I don't what? know, but all I can say is it, it's about parties. time. It's about time. Why? Because people want to share photos on Twitter, and I don't like using third party things. That's why I don't use. Why Frog and Twitpick? So that, that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't even thought about people's resistance to actually using those sharing sites, those third-party sites. Hey, yeah. Well, maybe I'm just special, but I, really I, I, it's cause I Twitter, don't really like the third-party Twitter things. natively supported you to use those two third-party sites. So yeah. I don't see what your resistance would be. If it was a random site that Twitter did not endorse or did not... No, no, no. Twitter aren't, no, no. Twitter aren't endorsing any of those sites at all. It's just that uh, you go to that site, you set up an account, well, you log in with your Twitter account to those sites and you effectively... It's a bit like a Facebook app. You're giving that well, ad. Well, they, they are approved. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they had approved? to approve the AI. So they're, they're, they're approved official third parties. No, but anyone can use the... I've built an API and they didn't have to approve that. When, when, when you're that big, I think you have to uh, get past... I'd be Basically surprised, I'd be surprised the, the because... doing what they're doing. Well, in any event, all I can say is that it's about time they, they offer their own one. <laughs> so. I, I, I am in agreement there, absolutely. I don't know mm. it took them so long, to be honest. They didn't want to get into it? But why? Uh, that's what people were doing. What's the money in it? Yeah, that's probably at the cost, the setup cost. Weren't they still attempting to figure out what their model for making money was going to be? Um, yeah, I don't think they still fully figured it out. Other than that, they spent a lot of money on... Adgrok, and they're now going to spend a lot of money on making their own photo sharing Look, facility. Spe- okay, speaking of spending <laughs> lots of money, let's let's move on though to the Microsoft buying Skype story. Here we go. This is an interesting one. <laughs> People have noticed now that Skype, and I don't know if this has anything to do with Microsoft or not, but Skype now yeah, it's starts nothing to do with Microsoft. <laughs> Skype now starts. They haven't even and- finished the transfer yet. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even let me introduce the story. <laughs> Skype is now coming. I agree with, with Brett. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Stop Microsoft bashing before you've even started the story, Ed. Uh, no, hey, I, I only asked the question. Skype is now coming with crapware. So when you install Skype, it tries to install EasyBits Go, which is a piece of crapware. Why are they doing this? This well, is a very good question. What? They've it, always that just lowers had, well, their what do you call it? Oh, it does for it to be sneakily done a, in a you know a way which you have no idea what it's doing. Yeah, if um, it's doing it in the background, that's wrong. Yeah, but if it, it alerted you to begin with that it was going to install this or gave you the opt-out facility, because you know lots of websites and things where you, you download something like. Getting Adobe Flash, it asks you whether or not you want to install the Google Toolbar at the same time. Oh, I yeah, always say, yeah. no, I can't be bothered with the Google Toolbar. And so I untick it, but I still get my Adobe Flash. If it was something like that, then it would be perfectly fine. It's the fact that it's done it on the sly. It's just kind of installed, but it hasn't installed properly. That's the big thing. It's only come to people's attention 
because it hasn't installed properly. And so when it's failed its install, it's then popped up pop-ups saying this is this hasn't done its thing. Did, do you want to continue? EasyGoBits wants to access Skype. Do you want to continue? So it's throwing up these messages which have made people aware of the fact that it exists. But Skype has actually had an agreement with EasyGoBits for since 2006. Part of the Skype Extras feature is run using EasyGoBits technology. EasyBits Go. Yeah, EasyBits Go. So you can't even remember the name. It's a terrible name. <laughs> it is the sort of name that somebody making malware would come up with as the company name that they registered. Yeah, that's what I thought. It sounded like Just a like piece Gator of malware. And, yeah, like yeah, Gator and exactly. those other ones. Which were, even, uh, I know, were, they're not doing themselves any favours here. Or adware. Yeah, oh, they're but, not doing themselves favours with the thing, but it's... It's like a facilitator for games. You know, yeah, little, it, it, games it's basically instance. a game portal. Why so do you, you need a game games. portal in Skype? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the Skype extras. I haven't installed Skype extras, so I don't have any mm. stuff. So I guess if you installed Skype extras because you use Skype extras or because you're one of those people who goes, yeah, I want to install everything apps. from Skype, then you're going to get all of this extra third-party agreement stuff. I bet it's not even available on the Mac. Which makes me happy, but I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I actually have a look. Not. You do should I have, have Easy Bits Go? Let's uh, Easy Go oh, Bits. No Easy Bits Go. I'm, I'm going to have a look right now. <laughs> we'll see if it's installed on my machine. I'm but doing then a, I haven't upgraded Skype in. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got to say, a lot of those Skype third-party apps aren't very good. Yeah, the ones I, that I've I, had experience with, it's like, ooh, that's coming off straight away. No, I don't have. I dabbled. It. Yeah, see, I, I just you don't have it, Brent. No, I, well then I haven't upgraded in several versions. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. I've got the latest one, which came out, I think, for the Mac two weeks ago. I think two, two maybe three weeks ago. Um, I, I just did <laughs> a spotlight was installed in what's the ninth? The ninth of the September, isn't it? The uh, month, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, is September. Yeah. Mm. yeah, September last year. Oh, that's ages ago. It's almost a year ago. Exactly, and that was the last time I. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> upgraded Skype, and it's still working, <laughs> and it still all works. Well, together. you are sounding fine. Bad. You are sounding fine, so don't change your version. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intention to. I've just done a, a spotlight for Easy Bits Go, and just and also Easy Bits, and there's nothing there, so I don't think I have it. So oh. Hugh, you wipe your brow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to go because apparently it's a pain in the butt to remove. Yeah, because it's it's installed in. Well, it failed its install, which is the reason it's turned up. Yeah. And now, because of its failed install, it's really difficult to remove because it doesn't there, there install n- nicely. <laughs> there is nothing worse than crapware, you know, software that or software that sneaks in through the back door or with something. I, I mean, hate this, it. This stuff should always be an opt-in. There should be a tick box saying, do you want to install this extension? And it should be not Sky ticked extras. by default as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, most yep. of them do have them ticked as default. Do you remember, was it, I think, real? And when you, <laughs> the real player, this is about 10, 10 years ago now, when you used to install it, yeah, you go through next, 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 and you used to untick a whole heap of stuff, like, do you want this? Shall I do this? Shall I take over? Pages your, of ticks. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but, did you remember so one of, but do you remember one of them had them all unticked, but you had to scroll down, and under the fold were all these ticked options. It was yeah. really sneaky. Yeah. It was like, oh, come on. I mean, you know. They've got a stroll wheel. 
Yeah, there's a scroll bar down the side. Yeah, and that's uh, where all the tick ones were on that particular tick. screen. That was just nasty. Right. Yes, that was very yeah. nasty. I, I clearly remember that. All right, now, Alec, you've got a tight schedule. I understand uh, you're going to have to leave us at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got a meeting I've got to go to. So um, thanks for having me on. It's been great. So. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. It's the first time we've had a panel member only do half the show. So thanks for being the first for that. <laughs> A first, yes. I'll send you an award. That's in, in two firsts in two, two episodes. What, what was the other first? Oh, the My first, first, first time ever. That's right. Yeah, indeed. Your first first podcast. Oh, very good. All right. Look, and the thanks. first half a show. Absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't I do the first half a show when I came in halfway half, through? Did you do half a show? I thought I came in halfway through. Oh, now we'll have to look through the archives. We'll check that out later. Alec, thank you very much for I'm joining us. I'm for that first. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Alec, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you hopefully another time. Absolutely. Whenever you uh, would love to have me on, I would love to be there. Good one. Thanks, Alec. Bye for no now. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. So, Brett, we'll continue on. I wanted to talk about Google abandoning older browsers, and I think this is going to be a big thing because Google is – pretty much everywhere these days. They're now, they've announced that they're going to phase out support on their web you know, applications for browsers such as IE7, Safari 3, and Firefox 3.5. And this is all coming into effect 1st of August. Well, it's about time somebody took that sort of move. So no more IE6, yay! Exactly, IE6, IE7, those older versions of, well, those older versions of all the different browsers have been the main entry point for so many pieces of malware, so many botnet infections have come through those insecure old browsers which nobody bothered to upgrade. With Google putting their foot down and saying, we're phasing out the support of these browsers, it's going to make all of those people who have had their head in the sands for the last decade, pull them out and have to upgrade to a browser that is supported so they can still use their Google apps. Now, hang on a second. Let's not be too hasty here because I predict that there'll still be a lot of IE6 around simply because just that Google are dropping support doesn't mean that the browsers won't work. So Google's a fairly simple site. I don't see that that won't work in IE6. Well, it's more about the Google services like Google Calendar, Google Docs, Talk, Google Sites, all the fancy uh, Gmail. Stuff, yeah. All of those will start to lose functionality for those older versions. And in some cases, the functionality loss may make them unusable. Actually, you've got a point because Gmail and Google Calendar and so on are highly Ajaxy, aren't they? Yes. And highly Ajaxy and IE6 don't really go together. No, precisely. And before we close off the show, did you hear about the Chinese teen who apparently sold his kidney so that he could buy an iPad 2? I know. And Steve Jobs should feel very, very, very bad for that. <laughs> you are saying that tongue-in-cheek, aren't you? <laughs> it just goes to show you that the organ crisis in China is just so endemic. It's just the, the boy wanted an iPad 2, didn't have the money for it. And while he was browsing the web, looking for ways to get extra money, make extra money, he came across an online advert for donating kidneys, becoming a kidney donor, and you'd be paid 20,000 yuan. And he went and arranged online to make that transaction, spent three days in a hospital that he traveled to just north of where he lived, having his kidney removed, and he was given a chunk of money, and then he went home, and then he had to confess to his mother that he'd sold his kidney so that he could buy an iPad too. 
That's just insane. It is completely insane. And this we're talking about a 17-year-old boy here who was able to arrange all of this and agree to it. And these people aren't prosecuted for this sort of gross exploitation. It's, it's horrible to think about. And, and people shouldn't, you should never, ever want to give up your own organs to own a piece of technology. It's actually pretty sad, to be quite honest. Really, it is They're, really you know, sad. It is. Sad. It is a yeah. It is a horrible spotlight on some of the just you know ridiculous things that happen in this world. Well, from his point of view, though, he's happy. I mean, he chose to do it. He now has his iPad too, and presumably well, he 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 feels that it was a, a deal worth doing. Let's hope that nothing ever happens to the one kidney he's got left. Absolutely. Mm, that's the, the danger, isn't it? Now, well, the other thing about it is, yes, if anything does happen or if there are any complications that come from the surgery, he's going to be not only a drain on his parents, but a drain on his community, all because he wanted an iPad too and went and sold one of his organs. The ripple-on effects for it are just huge and yeah, he was just far too young to realise those sorts of ripple-on effects, far too young to be able to agree to that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. It is a crazy situation. And like you say, I do hope that nothing actually happens for his sake and for his uh, for the community's sake, uh, mm. out where he is, that nothing happens to his one and only remaining kidney. Yeah, precisely. Now, before we wrap up for... For this week, did you see Eric Schmidt's comment about security? He he referred. He in fact said, "If you want to be more secure, get a Mac." Ah, oh, he's wrong. If you want to be <laughs> more secure with your computer, don't connect it to the internet. Ah, uh, but that's he all you need to do. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't Having be saying a Mac that, would he? is not going to make you any less or more safe. Well, he wouldn't say that, though, just would he? Don't. <laughs> just because it's got Unix running underneath it, and we know Unix is better than Mac OS all ever was, or Windows ever was. <laughs> they still have infections. Well, Eric isn't wrong, though. He's not wrong because the Mac is not necessarily uh, a more secure OS. But by having a Mac, you're more secure because you're far less of a target. So from a security standpoint, it makes sense to get a Mac. True, your computer might not get infected as much, but you're far more likely to be burgled. <laughs> yeah, people see it in the window and it's like, oh, Precisely. I'll take that. your computer is far too pretty. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't win, can you? Brent, I want to thank you very much <laughs> for doing episode 119 with me. Always a pleasure, Ed. And uh, let's do it all again next week for episode 120. Until then, you have yourself a great week, Brett. I shall. Excellent. And thank you to all our listeners. See you again next week. Till then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 